So today I want to continue with the same thought. And as I said, this will be part two. So my definition of a servant and what my definition is a, is a compiling of all the definitions of what is servant, slave, verse in what's in the, in the concordance and what's in the dictionary and as it relates to the kingdom of God. This is my definition. A servant in the kingdom of God is a person who is redeemed through the blood of Christ and is subjected to him. In other words, they obey him without question. This person willingly performs works as they are led by the Spirit so that the will of the Heavenly Father is done on earth. With that said, Let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 6 and let's start at verse 9. Matthew chapter 6 verse 9 and verse 10. And you will see how this definition of a servant and you see the heart of a servant. Now this is Jesus speaking to the people and explaining to them how to pray. He said in verse 9, well in verse 7 he said, don't be like the heathen or the religious person. When you pray, use a lot of repetitive words and pray for long periods of time. He said in verse 8, therefore do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Verse 9, in this manner therefore pray. He say, pray with this thought in mind. Pray in this, in this venue, with this mindset. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, those are the only two verses I'm going to I'm I, I'm I'm going to read here. If you understand and you really pay close attention to what Jesus, how he's praying, he said, "Our Father in heaven." That's referring to relationship. It's referring to relationship. When he say "Our Father," it's referring to relationship and acknowledging that we are his children. It's not the man upstairs. It's not the big kahuna. It's father. That talks about relationship and acknowledging that we are his children. Alright? We are dependent and subjected to and want to please him and know that we are loved. We are dependent on him. We are subjected to him. Right? We want to please him. Because we know that we are loved. When a child comes to a parent. And they say mom or dad. That talks of relationship. And acknowledging. That they. That their parents. Their love for their parents. They are dependent on their parents. 
They're subjected to their parents and they want to please their parents. They know that they're loved. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about a normal family environment. A child is not concerned about their needs. So when you go back to verse 8, he said, For your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. A child is not concerned about their needs. A child is not concerned about their provision or their protection. Which little child, which two-year-old or three-year-old is worrying about paying the rent, is worried about buying food or clothes? No child is concerned about that. That's why Jesus said here, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. A parent knows what a child needs. The child doesn't even have to ask. They provide it for their children because they know what their children need. So a child is not concerned about their needs, about their provision or the protection. They're not concerned about that. That's the responsibility of the parent. Just as a servant should not be concerned about their provisional protection. That is their master's responsibility. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You said, your kingdom come. That refers to the spiritual and then the physical. And this is in process, as we know. We know that the kingdom is spiritual and we are part of it through spiritual rebirth by the Holy Spirit. Then the physical kingdom, as we read about, you know, if you go to Revelation chapter 21, it talks about the physical kingdom that will be set up on earth, which is to come. But he said, when Jesus prayed this, he said, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is that saying? He's saying, Father, that your will is already done in heaven. But your will is not done on earth. Hence, that's why I'm here. Oh my God. I am here to do your will. I am here to make sure that your will, Father, is done on earth. That's why I am here. That's why I came. That's why I was sent. So he's saying here, Father, your will is not done on earth. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So then how does God accomplish his will on the earth? It is done through people willing to obey him. This requires the saints or these people for them to do the will of Christ. Right? It requires them to do the will of Christ so that the Father's will is established on earth. In other words, for God's will to be done on earth, the saints must have the heart and attitude of a servant. The same attitude, the same heart as Jesus himself. And I'm going to show you. Let's go to Luke chapter 4. I want to show you this. And you will see it. Luke chapter 4. We always ought to pray that we do know the will of God and Lord that we do your will. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and verse 19. I'm just going to touch on that. And then 
I'll move, I'll move on to something else. I don't want to spend a lot of time digging deep into it. I want to show you the thread and focus on what it is and what it means to be a servant. All right, Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. Look at what Jesus read about him, what was written about him. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, this is what was written about him. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Okay? Well, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. But I'm going to focus mostly on verse 18. Not a lot on it. Just I want to show you a few things. Number one. Jesus stated... He read in the book of Isaiah what was written about him. Because it was time to fulfill what was written. Now, why he was sent, right? He said why he was sent, and he said it was written there. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and so forth. That's why I was sent. And the authority he had. What authority? It says in, in, the, in, in the second part of verse 18, it says, the second line, He has anointed me to, I was sent, right? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, and so forth. So he had the authority to do what he was sent to do. Because he was anointed to do it. Do you understand? He wasn't just sent. He was sent and given the authority to do what he was sent to do. And in other scriptures, he stated that he came to do the will of his father. He came to serve his father. That's basically what it means. And what was written about him was the service he was to perform so that what the Father desired would be accomplished on earth in that season. So what he read here that was written about him is the service he's supposed to execute, to perform, while he was on earth. Do you understand that? That's the service he's supposed to to perform, to do. And the way that happened... He was led by the Spirit. He said, what the, what the Father shows me to do, I do in like manner. I imitate Him. And what I hear, I speak. So I am saying what the Father tells me to say, and I'm doing what the Father shows me to do. I am serving Him. I am a slave, a servant to the Father. So that His will is done on earth. Okay? That's what I wanted to show you there. Now, please turn with me to the book of John, chapter 12. As a servant, Jesus always obeyed the Father. He was always subjected to the Father. Everything he said and did was in line with the Father's will and in line for the reason for which he was sent and anointed to perform. All right, so John chapter 12, 
Let's go to John chapter 12. Let's start at verse 23. But Jesus answered them saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Verse 25. He who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Verse 26. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Verse 27. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Then verse 31 and 32. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people, all men to myself. There's a lot, but I'm just going to point out a few things. Jesus went on to explain why he must die. He said, a grain of wheat, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. That is significant. He said, I came to die. I came to reproduce. And I put it in quotes. I came to reproduce myself. To be the firstborn of many. For that to happen, I have to die. The only way one grain of wheat can produce many you have to sow that grain of wheat in the soil. It has to die. Then comes the shoot. The roots, the shoot. It comes into a plant. Matures and it bears more of the same that was sown. He says, so. I came to die to reproduce myself. Because when we are born again, what happens? We are on a fast track to become like Christ. In His image and His likeness. To be like Him. He's the firstborn of many. Alright? And He said, if anyone serves me. You heard that word. Serve means you're a servant. That means you have to obey Him. Right? My Father will honor. He said, if anyone serves me. Him my Father will honor. So if you want to be honored, if you want to be great, you have to serve Him. You have to serve. You have to be a servant. If anyone wants to be great, obey me without question, you have to become a servant. Now in verse 27, very interesting here, he said, Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? 
Father, save me from this hour. He said, but for this purpose I came to this hour. He said, this is why I came. I came to die. If you go back and read in, Ma- in Mark, he said, I-, I came to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. That's what he's referring to. I came to this hour. I, that's why I came. To give my life a ransom for many. So he knew why he came. He knew what the father required of him. The father required. He said nobody takes my life. I lay down willingly. I have a commandment from my father. I can lay it down. I can take it up. No man takes my life. I lay it down willingly. That's a servant. He laying down his life. Jesus was dreading his crucifixion. You know, when you, you know you're going to die, you know how you're going to die, you're going to, you know when you're going to die, you know what you have to go through. So he was dreading it because he knew it all. He knew what he had to go through. And he knew why. He was dreading his crucifixion. Don't let anybody lie to you and make you think Jesus was willing, was happy to just go up to the cross. No. He wasn't just, he wasn't happy to go to the cross. He struggled with that. He was man in flesh dealing with all these emotions. He didn't want to do it. But it's what his father's, his father required. Therefore, what's the definition of a slave? What's the definition of a servant? It's to obey your master. Do what your master required. And in this case, when I talk about a servant, this is what his father required. So he subject, he submitted himself to the father. Whatever the father required of him, he did it, no matter how he felt. That's obedience. That's the heart of a servant. He said, for this purpose I came. So that the world would be judged See what he said here in verse 31. Now the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to me or all men to me. How is the, how is the judgment of this world? And the ruler will be cast out. Well, when Jesus went, when he, when he died, when, when he gave up the ghost and he descended into hell, He took the keys of death and hell and the grave from Satan. He took the authority back. So now Satan has no power over those who are in Christ. So he says Satan will be cast out. (laughs) I'll let you all think about that. The enemy has no power over our lives. Only what we allow. He can be cast out of our lives. He can be cast out of our home. He can be cast out before we couldn't do it. We didn't have the authority. We didn't have the wherewithal to do it. Not in our own strength. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When you quote that, when you say that, you have to understand what that means. There is power in, in that word, in those words. When you understand. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. 
Do you understand what I'm saying here? The rule of this world is cast out. And he said here the judgment of the world. Of this world. Because Jesus said I didn't come to judge. I came to what? To save. But when he comes back he'll come back as a judge. But for all that to happen. He had to go to the cross. So the only way he could reproduce himself. Be the firstborn of, firstborn of many. He had to die. And his going to the cross was in service, in subjection, in obedience, in subserviency to his father. So Jesus does one last act with his disciples before he's arrested. He washed their feet. Now last scripture, turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13 verse 12 to verse 15. So he went on to wash their feet. And in John chapter 12 he said, it says here, So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. This is an example of the attitude you must have to be of service to me. That's what he's saying here. What I am doing here is an example. It doesn't say we have to go around washing one another's feet. It was an example he used to show the attitude we ought to have. He said here, very important, verse 13, You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. I am your teacher, I am your Lord. Okay? You are my disciples. You are learning under me. Positionally, he is superior to them. But what does he do? He humbles himself, he lowers himself, and he washes their feet. He performs the duties of a servant. When people come to each other's house, when people go to houses back in the day, servants used to wash the feet of the visitors. Wash the the sand, the dirt off their feet. That's what the servants did. Jesus did exactly that. He washed the feet of his disciples. Even though he was their teacher and their Lord, he lowered himself and performed a service that a servant will do. Showing them the attitude they ought to have. And he said here. I am your Lord and teacher. But I am also a servant. As I serve the father. I also serve you. By going to the cross. Laying down my life. I am made myself a ransom. Paying a ransom for all of you. And those to come. So that. Those who believe in me 
can be rescued from darkness and brought into light. I am laying down my life in service for you all by humbling myself and washing your feet as an example of how you ought to conduct yourselves. You ought to serve one another and serve others. Now after Jesus was resurrected, they were instructed to go into the world. Say, go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. They were to serve God. Serve each other and serve all the people who receive the message of salvation. You hear that? They were to serve God, serve each other, and serve all people who receive the message of the kingdom. Remember what I read back in John chapter 12. He said, whoever serves me, how do we serve him? By obeying him. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all the things I've commanded you, and so I, and lo, I'll be with you at the end of the age. This is what servant, what's what being a servant is. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Because why? That's his will. That is his will. He told them what his will was and he said, go and do it. Go and do it. And he has anointed them, as he was anointed to preach the good news, he sent them with the authority, after of course, the day of Pentecost when they received the Holy Spirit, then they were released to go. Because then they received the authority, the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, so that they can go and do what they were sent to do. In service to him. In other words. They were to be servants. And set the example. Of what it meant to be a servant. By doing this. They were doing the will of the father on earth. Remember what I said with Jesus prayed. Father. Thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. When Jesus came. He executed what was written about him in service to the Father. To do the Father's will. Because that's what the, the will of the Father was. The will of the Father needed to be on earth. Him coming, healing the sick, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, setting the captives free. Right? That's what he was doing, the will of the Father. He was subjected to the Father. And he sent his disciples. With the instructions to go and do what he sent them to do. And when they do that, they are serving him. So we today, when we obey the word, when we are led by the spirit, we are serving him. Because when we obey the spirit and we obey the word of God, we are subjected to him. Not our will. We say, Father, not, not our will, your will be done. We are making ourselves available to be used to do the will of God on earth. Remember in the beginning I said, how is God's will done on earth? When people obey God and do what's required. That's how God's will is done on earth. So as I said before, Jesus was always in service. 
to his father. Always. He made himself a voluntary slave to his father. <clears throat> In other words, <clears throat> he willingly obeyed his father. <clears throat> he imitated his father. In speech and action. Doing the Father's will. This also. Is what is expected of the disciples. Then. To obey Christ. And what is expected of us now. Nothing has changed. As they obeyed Jesus Christ then. We are to obey him now. Why? Because he's the head of the body. And when we are saved, we are being what? Conformed, trans, being transformed into His image and His likeness. Why? So we can be like Him on earth. As He walked this earth, so are we. We walk the same way. So this is what is expected of us. So when we walk in the light, when we obey Him, when we walk in His ways, we are showing ourselves to be disciples or servants of Christ. Doing the will of God through Christ on earth. So we must become willing servants or willing slaves, if you want to use that term. Because we love Him. We do it because we love Him. We do it because we are, we are, we appreciated what He has done. Laying down, laying down His life so that we can be redeemed and we can Freely say Father. Because we understand. We acknowledge his greatness. And we recognize that we are his children. And the Holy Spirit bears witness with your spirit. That you are a child of God. And that you are loved. Father. Father. He said the spirit bears witness with our spirit. And we cry Abba. Father. So we are his representatives. On the earth. And we want the Father's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the attitude, the mindset of a servant. Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever we do, whatever we say, we want your will to be done through our lives. Why? So that you, Father, are glorified in this earth through the Son. That is the, that's the nuts and bolts of why we are here. We are here to glorify the Father through the Son. So that the world will know that the Father sent Jesus. When they see us, they see Christ. The essence of our being is not us. It's Christ in us. The hope of glory. I hope you get in this. That is what I wanted to share with you today.